Imagine knowing exactly what your students are learning and exactly which steps you need to take next. Join us in Down With The Reading Quiz to craft meaningful and productive formative assessments that move away from gotcha moments of basic recall and toward assessing what your students actually can do. In this 30-minute free masterclass, we'll share three powerful assessment keys that work for any novel at any time of the year. Head to shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to sign up, and we'll also send you a free workbook to keep track of all your notes. Once again, that's shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to nail formative assessments forever. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Marie. What are you up to later? Want to join me for happy hour? I'm all in. And guess what's amazing? Our listeners and friends of the podcast can also join us because Brave New Teaching Happy Hour has officially launched. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. We are officially hanging out a little bit longer after school with an extended extra private podcast feed just for you. Yes. Members of Happy Hour get extra 15 minutes of the podcast, give or take, because you know us, we run a little bit long. It's just kind of how we are. But if you would like to get in on this Happy Hour action, please join us. It is only $5 a month. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash happy hour and get yourself signed up because when you're there, Amanda, tell our friends what we do every month for our Happy Hour members. I think my favorite part is coming up with a new free resource for our listeners every month. And then we pretty much break down that resource and how to use it. We also like to have guests on to do extended episodes and even Q&A that's just for you about that resource. It's really exclusive and super private just for you. So if you are like us and you like hanging out, you like chit-chatting about all things that are teaching, teacher life, and everything under that umbrella, join us for happy hour and we will see you there. Bye. Bye. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Brave New Teaching. Today, we have some very timely ideas for you and a process for planning your first week back to school. This process will work if you are actually live and in person, if you're listening to this sometime in the future when the craziness of COVID-19 is past us, hopefully gone forever. And if you are listening to this right here, right now, in the late summer of 2020, this will also work for distance learning. Hi, Amanda. Hey, everybody. So excited to talk to you today. I I don't know, guys, this is my 13th year of teaching right now in 2020. And I feel like every year in August, I start to think, oh my God, what am I going to do? What, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I'm like, okay, Amanda, like you, you know what you're going to do because you've been doing it forever. And for whatever reason, it always feels new again. And like, you forgot how to do it all. And I think that's because just life and the world, everything changes and we get older and we get new ideas and we always want to make things better. So when Marie and I were talking today, we're like, well, let's just kind of go through not just like a giant list of ideas, but a game plan of how to select through all of those ideas, because we know you guys have no shortage of ideas. And if you do, we'll definitely mention our favorites, but I think like navigating through the chaos and sorting out like what goes where, when, and why, like that's what's really important and hard to do. Well, and it also creates an amount of flexibility, right? For in the future. Cause I get the same way too. I'm going into year 14 and I was like, I, 
I don't know what I'm going to do. Even though I have some pretty tried and true activities and like mini lessons and that sort of thing for the first week, but I still kind of just like, eh, I don't know. Do I want to do any? Like, so having this like process and it's not like anything crazy long. In fact, we are, we've created a PDF for you of exactly the steps that we're going to talk you through for figuring out what you're going to do in the first week of school and some ideas for each of those steps along the way. So make sure you head to the show notes, bravenewteaching.com to download that PDF. And I think we should just jump into it. Don't you? I think we should. All right. Cue the music. listening to Brave New Teaching, a podcast for educators challenging the status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a high school English teacher in Illinois. And I'm Marie, and I'm also a high school English teacher in Southern California. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. All right, guys. So here's what we're going to walk you through today. Um, our PDF is something that is going to help you guys get yourselves organized. So don't forget to download it, print it, and throw it into your planner. Uh, use your very first binder clip to put it in your brand spanking new planner. What we want to walk you through, guys, is how to plan your first week of school. So Maria and I are going to kind of talk you through three general like checkpoints. So I'd say that your first step is to let everything just assemble in your brain. So gather all the things, all of your ideas, all of that inspiration you've seen on Pinterest, on Instagram, from your friends who are teachers across the state or whatever, get it all together. Like don't rule anything out at the first, at the beginning. And then find a time and a space where you can just brain dump everything into one spot. And sometimes this brain dump, like for me, will often look like absolute chicken scratch madness in one of my notebooks. Like right now I am currently working out of a teal blue notebook with pink and purple sparkly unicorns all over it because it gives me joy when I bring it out of my bag every single day and it's just like lined paper, whatever. Um, So like my brain dumps look like me going through Pinterest, going through Instagram, going through old notebooks and old planners, like teacher planners, looking at my old lesson plans, figuring out what I like, what I didn't, even like scouring TPT maybe. If you're listening to this, the day it comes out, TPT is having a back to school sale. So hop on that. Um, and finding all those ideas and I just scratch them down into as many pages as it takes. Amanda, yours generally look a little bit different though. It's mine's definitely a, a more on my computer and on my phone. Cause I do a lot of screenshotting. I'm in some really killer Facebook groups, um, for AP Lang and for some other things. And I try to save posts all the time when I'm just scrolling. So like I sit and I actually like I do have a notebook as well, but I sit in front of my Facebook saves, my Instagram saves, and all of the things on my, my, um, camera roll that I've screenshotted and I, I get it all together, at least like in the same browser. (laughs) I might not have it all together in the same place, like physically, but like my list that I will eventually get to is going to be based on all of the things from everywhere. And I think where the reason I say this is number one is because I feel the tendency around this time of year to start trying to ignore things and just try to stay focused. But I 
also think it's kind of pointless to stay focused when you don't know what your focus is. So let it all happen. Like let it all like dig in a little bit to this, a little bit to that, like let it all just kind of come together. And when we move to number two, we can start to sort things out. But like, yeah, absolutely. Let, let all the random things come together. It's cool. Well, like why fight it, right? Because you yeah, never know when inspiration is going to strike. I get these like nerve, nervous jitters that like, well, what if I don't come up with a great idea? What if I don't find something that works? Well, just let it all in. And then once you can satisfy that like shiny object syndrome, like let that happen, get all the stuff, get all the ideas, and then you can move on. Shall we move on to number two? Uh, yeah, because literally, Marie, this happened to you today. I know. This happened to you today. You had an amazing <laughs> idea that after we talked about what we're going to talk about number two, you changed your mind. Absolutely. Okay. So, so if number one is gather it all, dump it, dump it somewhere when you're ready. So this might be for me, like I do need to wait until I'm a little closer to the starting line. I can't do this in June. I have to do this like August blank. Um, (laughs) But number two would be to decide what matters to you. What matters to you the first week of school, the first five days, the first three and a half days, what matters? And so when Marie and I kind of made our list, like the things that matter to us in no particular order would be A, setting classroom norms or expectations, B, establishing routines, C, checking in on our skills, (laughs) seeing what our kids can and can't do, and D, community building. And I'm sure if you're listening, you're thinking, uh, how the heck do you do all four of those things in just one week with your activities? And we'll get there. But that's generally what matters to me in the start of school. Um, and, and every year, I think that community building definitely takes the, like the, the what do I want to say? Like the it, takes, it takes most of the energy, right? Of that first yeah. week, it takes the focus. And for good reason. That's also though the philosophy under which you and I operate is that relationships first, community first, because quite frankly, everything else can stem off of there from a really positive place totally. versus like this overbearing. <laughs> yeah, it, it basically I look at it. I mean, it sounds like a lot. Those items sound like a lot to cover in one week, but that's where when you move forward and start planning, right? When we get into our number three, um, that's where like the creativity and the design and the artistry starts to come in because once you can like gather all of the ideas and dump in one, in one place, and then kind of take a step back and be like, okay, well, what matters? What do I need kids to get out of this week? And what do I as a teacher need to get out of this week? Because it sets a tone, right? What tone am I setting and, and what is that going to include? Then that, that's, that's where like a lot of the teaching artistry comes in. I know I just said that, but that's like, I, yeah. I've, lost, I've lost my point. Amanda, say no, me. You're there. No, I'm with you. And I, so I think to give you guys an example, okay? So when we say decide what matters to you on this list are the things that matter to us, but maybe to you deciding on a classroom or year long theme matters to you. Like I know there are a lot of teachers who really like to have a design element that links everything together and that this is something that is worth your time. But for me, that doesn't have the type of return on investment that I want for my classroom. So that's why you need to know what matters to you. Classroom decor for me is a really dangerous place because it's a lot of fun to play, but it doesn't help me set classroom norms or expectations. It doesn't really help me build or start any routines that are going to be essential for the rest of the school year. 
I don't learn anything about my students through that effort. And it might help with community building. Like I think having a welcoming environment in your classroom, virtual or otherwise, is definitely a layer. But is it a two-week deep dark black hole of color schemes? Is it worth is it worth that? Maybe not. So like having a list of what matters to you basically just keeps you in check as you start to sort through the gathering of all the things that you did in step one. And I would say that like environment is absolutely one of the things that matters to me. And I know what it matters to you as well, but like with environment comes. So if you're sitting here and you're listening to this and you're like, Oh, I, I was, I was thinking about theme. Don't, don't let us dissuade you because no. that's absolutely, if you follow us on Instagram individually, you've seen our classrooms. Like that's absolutely a huge part of our classrooms. Um, but that for us goes into community, right? Like who cares what it looks like if like the kids, and you are not in a good class community. So it's kind of like all interwoven and it just like what matters though in that first week because other things can come later. Decor can come later. Themes can come later. You don't have to have it all done day one. What you do have to have done day one is like a syllabus, you know, like well, <laughs> that kind of key. stuff. Yeah, that is key because that's, and that's what I'm saying is like, you got to know yourself. Like I know myself that matters to me a lot and it's a lot of fun. So I know that what I would do when I'm, let's say with air quotes, like revising my syllabus, if I had two hours to revise my syllabus, I would spend an hour and 50 minutes on the design of it, which leaves me 10 minutes to actually revise the the syllabus. I've done that. I've I've, I've done that. This time of year is so stressful. So do yourself a favor and just try really hard to focus on what matters to you right away. And then let those other pieces fall into place because no matter how awesome it is the first week of school, your decor and otherwise, or whatever those things are, the rest of the school year is coming. Yeah. And if you burn yourself out that first week, which I've done, I mean, we're totally speaking from experience here. Like you burn yourself out that first week, maybe that first two weeks. And then you're just like, oh my gosh, they keep coming back. Yeah. School keeps happening. <laughs> That's the worst reality. Like we really plan for week three, and you're just like, "Oh, I have to go and do it, don't I?" Okay. Yeah. Let me put my um, which, let me put my clothes back on. Here I go. Oh God, putting clothes on is the worst part. Um, <laughs> I would say actually, and, I, and I'll share with you guys a blog post I wrote last year. But I actually plan for the first ten days. I I try to have two cohesive weeks together before I move into unit one, because that kind of gives me a breath because I'm not like, okay, week one's over, crash and burn. I know (laughs) that it kind of continues on into the next week and that, that helps. We won't go into that today, but you can plan for more than the first five days. You know, you can stretch it out if that makes you feel better. That's up to you. Yeah. And your bell schedule. Like I'm on a quarter totally. system. I can only go five days and then it's like, well, we got to get into some content now. Yeah, yeah. you do. Yeah, hey, you do. speaking of content, let's move on to number three. Numero trace. Once you've got what matters to you guys, number three, choose the ideas from your brain dump that fit what matters most to you. If it matters, then you want to make sure you cover it. The good news is that a lot of the activities that you're probably sorting through can do more than one thing on your list. I love double dipping. Double uh, dipping is the way. Or triple. It's the best. And, And if you know, like, again, spending your time, like, if you don't know what your routines are, like, you should start there, right? If there are things that matter to you that you haven't figured out yet, like, figure those out and then build your activities to be things that reinforce 
that list of things that matter to you. Like if you don't know what your classroom norms are, like if you want to make rules together, that's fine. But like you should know the type of classroom that you want to run. So there's a lot involved. So we're saying when you guys get to number three, choose the things that fit that list because all of a sudden your overwhelm has gone from 100%, maybe down to 50%. Yes. And it's still, you're still going to like run into some hiccups here and there and be like, oh, but I didn't get blah, blah, blah. Okay. Well then maybe that fits in week two, right? Or maybe that's something that kids could do on their own that doesn't have to happen in class on the first week. Like that's where you start to find your wiggle room. If you're, if your list of what you're doing that combines, right? Like all the ideas from number one and then like what matters in number two, if number three's list is getting like long to the point where you're like, this is now more overwhelming. I have more things than I have time for. Revisit number two and start weeding things out again, right? I like to, I, I'm more of a sit down, get everything done in one sitting kind of a person, but my creative process can stagnate and I have to go take a five minute walk, 10 minute, 15 minute. Yeah, I can't like, you know how some people can like sit down and watch a show for a few minutes and defrag their brain. I have to like cook a meal and then I can sit back down. Like I have to do something else, but it doesn't have to take very long. So you really, I mean, I, I basically what I'm saying is it doesn't have to be like a multi-day process planning out your first week. You could get this done in an afternoon if you've got that kind of a focus, um, but it might take you longer. It just kind of depends. It totally depends. And I think what's going to help you guys is maybe hearing our plans and our examples. So let me just re just because I know we're good students and good teachers here. Let's recap. So number one, gather everything, get all the ideas, dump them out. Number two, decide what matters to you. Make that list. Number three, choose the items from your dump that fit with what matters to you and be selective. Choose what really you think is going to be the best option to hit the most of those targets and move on, right? And like start planning, get, get going. Cause the waiting part is also pretty rough. So I can go ahead and start Marie if you would like. Yeah, you go That's ahead cool. because as we, as we know, I'm still kind of sketching mine. <laughs> so as she's talking, I might fill in more of my sketch. Well, Marie has quite a few more weeks left before her actual start than I do. I'm like, we're go time guys in like two weeks. So here we Wolf. go. So, um, my first week is right now in two of my three courses, all virtual. Um, my ELL class will be in person, me and my three students. Um, they, well, if they decide to go to school, but that's a story for another day. Um, so my virtual first week, uh, I actually decided I wanted it to look a lot like what I normally do because that my normal routine of what I do the first week of school hits all of these things. So uh, for me, classroom norms have a lot to do with, I want the kids to understand that they're going to be expected to do a lot that this is a junior level course and it's very different from what freshman and sophomore year look like. They are upperclassmen. And so establishing that sense of higher responsibility, um, we're going to deal with more difficult texts. All, all of that's really important for me to establish at the beginning. Um, kids come in and think I'm really nice. And that's sweet. <laughs> But they also learn, and I want to make sure that they know that tough love is the name of the game in my classroom. I am tough with my kids, and it is kind of out of this, this idea that I think when we push our kids, like a lot like coaching, the harder you push, the higher kids are going to think of themselves and achieve. Um, but I do that with support. So I really want yeah. them to know that. Uh, my routines, I have bell work every day. I want them to learn the bell work routine every day. And that was 
non-COVID. I'm going to try to keep the same thing. It's going to look different, but I want that routine to stay the same. So I want them to learn the routine and practice the routine. Um, I also want them to learn and practice the routine of how we turn work in and how we get work. So basically that's like learning Google Classroom, my expectations for how that works. Um, so th those two routines, I mean, there's more, but I think those two are vital for the first week. Um, skill check. Typically in the first week for me, I'm really only interested in writing at the beginning because if I can get a writing sample out of kids, it gives me some time to read through it and, you know, kind of sort out my brain. Um, the second week is usually when I do a, some kind of Socratic seminar to evaluate some of those other skills, their reading and speaking and listening. So I kind of, I spread those out amongst my two weeks. And then community building is of course, you know, super important. I want our class to be fun and crazy. Um, and I really want to use the community building aspect to, um, teach kids the way that we're going to act as a community in large group, virtual meetings, small group, virtual meetings, um, non group work and things like that. So yeah, it's going to be, it's, it's a lot of things. So my first week, um, I can tell you two activities for sure that I've got planned. Um, one of the things that I do every single year is a meet the teacher day. That's an entire class period where I present a little story about my life, who I am, uh, where I come from. I, I'm not from the place where I teach. So kids always find it kind of fascinating because a lot of them are born, raised and, and, doing life in one spot. And like, that's a totally different experience than what I had. So I share that with them. Um, and I share some of my travel experiences, all of the things that really make up my philosophy of education. Uh, I look them in the eye or through the camera and I tell them, I have always wanted to be a teacher and you are part of my lifelong dream. A couple kids start to cry, you know, it's magical. That's really cute. I mean, it's true. And I, I really, I know that when I tell kids that in the first week of school, some of them go, oh my God, that's, that's heavy. <laughs> yeah. I better not let her down. And that's oh, yeah. I mean. You better not let me down. <laughs> but it's, you know, I think they respect like my transparency, my vulnerability, sharing that with them. Um, so I try to do that. And then the, the lesson that goes with it is like, I kind of break the ice by sharing about me. And then I assign them a letter to the teacher. So I assign them a letter to Mrs. Cardenas and they write me a letter. It's got some very basic expectations. Um, and the cool thing about the letter is that when I look at my list of what matters to me, it's going to check a lot of boxes. I'm going to be able to talk about my routine of turning in and picking up homework, like where all that is. I'm going to be able to check their skills on writing, yep. <laughs> also following directions basic things. Um, and even norms, because part of the norms is going to be, um, one of the questions I ask them to, to respond to is what do you expect from me and what can I expect from you? So I hit a lot of those things in that one assignment. So for me every year, without a doubt, letter to the teacher happens because it does all of those things for me. It's useful. Um, if you've never asked your kids to write your letter, I recommend it. This is where I usually find out details about my students that would have taken me months to yep. learn. Um, I've found out about students and having their, having children, pregnancies. I've found out about parents who have passed away, um, divorced or custodial issues that are really sensitive. Um, I learned about triggers to yeah. be sensitive to very early on. Um, and I, and I think a lot of it's because I'm super vulnerable first. 
And um, even the kids who write these like open things to me in a letter would never, I don't think they'd even ever say it to me in person. I don't think they'd ever say it. Um, so, well, and I think even just to touch on that, cause I do a yeah. letter too. And you just made me realize like how powerful that has the potential to be right now for those of us who are listening totally. and planning right now, going into the fall of 2020, our students have had vastly different experiences with this pandemic and like what has been going on in their lives because their lives have kept going like, right. And so, and so things, I mean, I am very likely going to have a lot of the same students. I'll go through all of mine in just a second too. Um, I'm a lot, I'm likely going to have a lot of the same students that I've had for the last couple of years because I keep oddly moving up with that. Like I keep changing my prep that it it ends up moving up with my students, (laughs) but they're, you know, they're yeah. kids and it's been months since I saw them in person. So things are going to come out in like letters. Yeah. I use a letter too, um, in a very similar fashion as a writing sample and as a way to like build community and to do that sort of a thing. Did you finish all of your activities? Did I just cut you off? Um, well, I have one more, but okay, that, I'm that sorry. was my you first go. one. Okay. But you guys would be surprised. Do you know, Marie, what surprises me is how many kids tell me no one's ever asked me to do this. I know. And I'm like, I thought we all did. They're- <laughs> they're kind of floored. I yeah. mean, some of them really struggle to write it. Like they don't yes. know what to say about themselves. Uh, it's just like, it's the simplest activity. It's not hard. I know it takes um, maybe 10 minutes if you just sit down and bust it out. Right. It but, does take me maybe like a week to read them all Oh, like, for sure, because I'm so like, yeah, into them. But anyway, so that's like my first like go to, but doesn't matter what day of like one through five, like however that falls, but I do, I will do that my first week. And then the second thing that I will do this year, um, that I've done in, in other years is I always try to do some kind of activity that requires small group work because that's an expectation and a classroom norm that we have every single week. We do at least one book club meeting. So I want them very early to learn how they work, like the functionality of small group work, the routine of how we get into groups, how we come back to whole class. So like in the, in the physical classroom, I would be using like my, um, I have my little doorbell. I use that for my small group work. Um, for this year, I'll be teaching them about using Google meets and how to break out into small groups and then come back to the whole class. So we're doing a Alaskan wilderness, uh, survival scenario, it's again, super basic activity. This is not complicated. Um, I'm asking the kids in their group to decide which three items they would take with them for a week in the Alaskan wilderness from a pre-designed list by me. So I wrote a list of really ridiculous things. Among them are a week's worth of grilled cheese, a bag of avocados, three copies of Lord of the Flies, like things like this that are like super random because I want them to talk about how random they are because kids love random. And I want them to say, we're going to bring Lord of the flies because that is, um, what like we can use it for fire. I was just going to say it's kindling, right? They're not going to use it. That's the word I was looking for. It's not going to be like a survival guide, right? Like they're not going (laughs) to, but you know, some smart kid, some, I, I mean, smart blank, like smart ass kid, right? Some smart ass yes. kid is going to say, oh, it's going to be our survival guide. Right. So I, I give them the, the, that's part of why I give them the list is like, oh I don't God, want you just fantastic. to pick things. I want you to tell me that a week's worth of grilled cheese is what you need in the Alaskan wilderness. So how they're going to grill it, I don't know, but they're going to have all the ingredients. So maybe it's just craft singles for a week. That's going to be, I a- might. Struggling. I love when we have these conversations and you go first because I steal ideas from you. Steal! I'm going to steal right back. So yeah, I'm going to wrap up because all this is to say is 
I choose my activities based on what matters to me and how many things I can check off the list, right? So the group activity, they're going to be community building, getting to know some new students. They're going to be skill check, having some discussion. They're going to be practicing a routine, check, norms, check. Like both of those activities check all of my boxes and like, that's awesome. Yeah. What are you I doing? love it. Okay. So yes, I am ready. I am ready. I've just been, I mean, I've had the idea. I've just been kind of like hashing a few things out. So that list of what matters to us, right? We had routines, we had skill checks, we had community. What was the fourth thing? Uh, classroom norms. Oh gosh. Classroom norms. Thank you. Like, like rules and expectations. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, oh, I actually have it written here. It just doesn't look like English. Fantastic. <laughs> So I was like, wait a minute, I, I planned around this and I can't remember what it is. So I've decided since I'm going to be starting um, in distance learning, I normally start on the very first day with stations and I just yeah. give students like color-coded popsicle sticks and that's how I group them and they go through stations and these stations have teeny tiny little activities. But the first thing that I get from them is a writing sample and it's a letter to me, but it's an email. So it like hits a bunch of different things. So like I'm going to go through my little list of what matters to me, which does fall into our four little categories. But like, I know I want a writing sample. I know I want to talk about email etiquette, especially this year. I know I want at some point in that first week to read because reading is a huge part, reading independently, reading with groups, discussing reading. So we're going to have discussion somewhere in that first week. Um, community being, feeling a part of the community is more important now than ever. Yep. Um, but even just in real life, it's, it's important too. like our students are at record levels of depression, right. And anxiety. And so like those sorts of things have become even, I'm more hyper aware, more hyper aware that that was really correct. Um, routines like bell work, like using our LMS, which for us is going to be canvas. Um, and that sort of a thing. Another thing that's important for me this year. So it's kind of diverting from our little list is that students are, well, actually, no, this is always important. It has to do with expectations that students are prepared, that they are responsible and that they are like self-aware and sufficient, right? Self-sufficient. I, I mean, in a high school classroom, I have an ask three, then me rule because yep. kids are kids and they'll just ask you these questions and like, well, I thought there's no such thing as a dumb question. It's a dumb question if it's posted five places in the classroom and I just said it three times. <laughs> Love you. That was a dumb question. That was a, that was a bonehead moment, right? Ask three, then me. So like, in regards to that having to do with like teaching virtually, I'm going to do something where students ha are, are re they have to create a space and a schedule for themselves for their own learning, right? Yeah. So, so my first week is going to look like a choice board for students. It's going to be a five by five bingo card hyperlinked and the, I'm going to try and explain it. <laughs> Yep. Without you guys having a visual. So the <laughs> rows are going to go by day. So Monday, because we're going to start on a Monday, which is odd. We normally start on a Wednesday, but this year we're starting on a Monday. Uh, we, we have a Monday row, which is going to be a single assignment, and it's going to be an email to me, the teacher. But then the columns have different themes. So like the first column is like travel. So they'll write me a letter on Monday that has certain criteria that they're like a very specific prompt. And part of that prompt is going to be about one of these themes. They're either going to choose the A theme, which is travel. They're going to choose the B theme, which is something about food. C, which is something about like entertainment. 
uh, D, which is about sports, and E, which is about like our school and school spirit and that sort of thing, which is an idea that Amanda gave me earlier. So like I will start by reading them. I always write an open letter to my students. So like I'll read them my letter probably on a good morning Zoom call, I'm guessing, and then give them their assignment. And like through that assignment, they're going to have to navigate Canvas. They're going to have to find the first week's module. Like they're going to have to do a bunch of things and they're going to have to turn it in. So there's like a lot that can kind of layer into that. That's that double, triple, even quadruple like dipping the thing. layers are where it's at. I love Layers that. are where it's at. And it takes taking all the ideas in, sifting through them. And then you're like, oh, okay, I see what to do now. The Tuesday row, they're going to be doing their personal learning space and creating a personal learning schedule. And it really does start to reinforce in students that like you are responsible. I am not going to be able to hold your hand, especially doing this virtually. Like <laughs> there's only so much I can do. You have to step up to the plate. Um, and so I think I don't know. It kind of, I'm still working on that one, but they'll still have like within this personal learning space. I'm thinking there will be something. I like, I want them to actually create their own personal learning space wherever they're living, but that might not be possible. So maybe it's going to be like a, a visual sort of a thing on like a Google slide. And it's like, well, this is what I would put in my personal learning space. Right. And so they'll then pick one of the theme columns that's like, I'll put a picture of Paris because that's where I want to travel or I'll put what, a picture of- What if it was of, even like um like their, agen- like their student agenda notebook? Even if it's not like the physical space, like how they're going to organize. Yeah. Well, and like personalize a composition book kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm like there getting- we There we go. Yeah, I'm yeah. getting there. Right. And yeah, so like yeah. the, so it'll still be like thematic in that way. And they're going to create a learning schedule for themselves Love it. based on- and that, they're going to have to go through their other classes to find out what the schedules are there. But like, I want them to like set it out and like either digitally or physically write out what is their week going to look like because they need to see it in paper. They're not, yeah. there are not bells moving them this year from class to class. Or me. <laughs> or, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, or us. Yeah. And then Wednesday, they're going to have some sort of a reading. I'll give them choice in a reading and they're going to take a quiz. And it's going to be Sesame Street quiz um, because I want to have a little bit more analysis, a little bit more synthesis going into it. Um, and then, you know, and so they'll have choice of what they're going to read and it'll be based on those different themes. And then Thursday, I'm going to take another, like a legitimate writing sample where I might just have them watch a video choice of videos and give them a singular prompt. And then they're going to have to find a piece of evidence that addresses that prompt and analyze it. Right. So then I can get puzzle baby. Yeah. So I can get some analysis and then Friday we're going to have discussions. And that's where I was like, I'm totally stealing the scenario situation because I'll just have them choose, which is the theme that you're going to go with. And that's how I'll create their small groups. And each group will have a different scenario that they'll have to discuss and then present. Nailed it. Nailed it. Do you watch that? We've talked about this show. Love nailed it. Absolutely love that show. Okay. But yeah, so that's, and, and like, as I go through all of this, this hits all of the things that I would normally hit in the classroom. And I'm like, wow, why have I never thought of this before? Yeah. I've normally done it with stations. It's because I normally do it with stations and they can have choice on a much smaller level, like just quieter. But now it's just like a broader, everybody can see what's coming and you can make choices along the way. Cause that's a big part of my class too. You know what, guys, here to, to kind of wrap things up, I think this is the last thing I think we should, we should mention in closing is kind of like Marie said, her classroom used to have stations first. I used to have stations first as well. And as we were talking, we're also having the conversation of is 
flipping exactly what you used to do into something digital worth it? Or is it better to just do something simple that accomplishes the same things and give yourself a break? And I think that's what you guys need to keep in mind too, is you don't have to have the perfect setup that you've had before. If you're a veteran teacher, if you're a new teacher, you don't have to do all the things you just need to do what accomplishes what matters to you. Absolutely. Like that's it. my stress level is so high. Like I, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm stressed the out. Like I am having a hard time and it's not that it feels impossible. It's just, there's so many stinking variables and it goes against my very blood. Like I can't take all the variables. And so for me, the idea of trying to flip stations sounds like minutia that my brain will stop working. Right. Rather, I need to broaden it. I need to make it a week-long process. I need things to weave into each other and I need it to flow a little bit better for my own sake. A lot of, I'm seeing a lot of our friends like in the ELA community on Instagram stuff, flipping their, I mean, doing digital escape rooms, doing digital stations, and it's working brilliantly for them. It is super, I thought about it for about 2.5 seconds and then I was like, hashtag no, I can't do yeah. it. <laughs> we, are, we are all in different situations. And like, for me, the name of the game is I, I told Marie this the other day, I am compulsed to make everything original. Like it is, yeah. it is a problem. And like, it's not necessary. Originality is not part of any of those check marks on my list. Everything's original for our students. Everything is original right. for them. They have I no idea what why. we're looking at on Instagram. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so I'm trying to let go of that myself and just focus on what matters, focus on the kids. And like, also for me, and I don't know, I don't know how you're feeling today, Marie, but like, I also want to have everything done. Like when my lessons are set on a day, I've got my doc hyperlink, like my calendar is filled up. Uh, that stress starts to melt away a little bit. And I know I need to be flexible, but knowing that my meet the teacher lesson video is recorded and the letter assignment is done. I feel good about that because that's one have, whole day. Well, no. and you have flexibility. You could move it if you need I to. I can put it wherever it's done I want. and you can just go transfer. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm well, I'm always feeling like I want things done. Like I plan at least a yeah. week at a time, if not more, because I, I mean, I plan a year at a time, Correct. <laughs> but when it comes down to like making copies and getting the things minutia. all created, yeah. I do things at least a full week ahead because I don't, I will forget. It's not like, yeah. it's not that I need to be anal retentive about all the organization. I will straight up forget for Wednesday. Like, <laughs> and I'll come in and be like, oh, nuts. I didn't, oh, I didn't do it. So it's yeah. all, all the time. So, I mean, let's, let's just recap, shall we? <laughs> yes. For the last time. Okay. Everyone take a deep breath. And we remember, remember we have this in our show notes for you to download that has it all spelled out. Like if you're driving or walking, you don't have to have written this down. We have it for you. And we're also sending you a virtual hug because you deserve it. Cause we're getting treated pretty. It's pretty tough out there right now. It is for hard everyone. to be an educator. So. Okay. Recap, Amanda. Number one, gather everything. Don't discriminate. Go for it and then dump it. Number two, decide what matters to you. Sort it all out. Number three, pick what matches each of those items. And that's your deciding factor. Finally, don't overthink the things that seem too complicated. Let them go for another time. Stick to what feels good and be done. Yep. And with that, 
friends, I think we are done. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope that we have given you some places to start. Hopefully not so many ideas that it's overwhelming, but just a place to start and the agency to be able to like figure it out and what works for you does not need to work for me. What works for Amanda does not need to work for somebody else. Yeah. You've got this. You've got this. Your kids are so lucky to have you. Remember you are a teacher listening to a podcast about teaching and probably with teacher social media, like you are a nerd that loves your kids and you're going to do an awesome job. And when I call you a nerd, it's a good thing. Okay. No, it's, it's a compliment. A, yeah. It's, it's camaraderie. Absolutely. It is teamwork. We're all so, in it together. <laughs> our show notes are over at bravenewteaching.com. We are always active on social media, especially Instagram. So check us out there. Please take a moment if you have one to give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps other teachers find our little brave new teaching cohort that we have going on. And until we meet again, friends, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye, Bye everyone.